Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to. I went all a bit newsready there. Hello and welcome <laughs> to. Uh, hello, and I don't need to say that again. Um, it's episode 32 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. <clears throat> that doesn't quite know what to do with itself at the moment. Things have gone off a cliff a little bit, haven't they? But we're determined to bring you some light-hearted japes, uh, all coming in your ears, um, on a week-to-week basis, right up until Christmas. We don't really care what... Well, we do, obviously, but it, uh, we know that people don't like listening to podcasts uh, after defeat and uh, I'm afraid to say that it could be like that <laughs> until the end of the season uh, but do keep listening because we're going to be talking rubbish and uh, if you don't keep listening it's just me and Nathan in the sewing room uh, looking at each other over the, <laughs> over the length of a desk a bit gormlessly a bit gormlessly staring into the middle distance and wondering what has gone wrong uh, as you may have gathered with me this evening in this episode is Nathan Palmer. Hello, Nathan. Good evening, Paul. Now, I want to bring in a conspiracy theory. Go on. So, when I was like, before I went away for the wedding, yes. we were killing it. What do you mean, killing it? Well, we were killing it. Like, the Bengals were smashing it up. Yep. Everything was looking good. Yep. While I was away for three or four weeks, the Bengals were yep. still smashing it up, yep. looking really good. I know they lost a game or two, but genuinely it was quite good. Beat the Dolphins, beat the Falcons. Yeah. Quite a good run. Get back, right? Come back in this room and the sewing room had changed. Oh. The sewing room was changed. It was not the same. And it's now a different table. We're in the middle of the room. We have these weird inflection things. And we ain't drinking. Well, we used to it. always have a beer or two. You you don't hear the... <coughs> so not only the Bengals playing poorly, it's us. <laughs> don't say that. We're playing poorly. We well, got off the... to a good run and now we've gone off a cliff ourselves. The f- the flip side to all this is that we've become much more professional. Yeah, well, yeah we're true. Uh, we're not drinking. Well, I'm not drinking for health reasons, but you're not drinking. I don't know why you're not drinking. I don't really drink. know either. <laughs> I've got a bottle of vodka in the other room if you want. Vodka? Yeah. Quite a deal. Things go south quickly there, <laughs> wouldn't they? Actually, uh, listeners, how about next... Uh, Next episode, I just get loads of drinks from the drinks trolley. I think trolley. we should get hammered on the next and, podcast. And uh, I'll just feed Nathan vodka. Yeah, I've got some uh, Finnish licorice liqueur in there. Oh, that... Well, that sounds great. I love it. <laughs> Honestly, wait till you taste it. It's not that great. <laughs> and I just want to watch you get some sort of well, no, social we'll experiment where we, where I watch and report. And then we'll see what the Bengals play like. Well, yeah. In correlation. If they turn oh, over someone... I've got a feeling that they're still going to be playing as badly as they have been, <laughs> but it might be a hell of a lot more entertaining. Well, it might do, might it? Because we're, we're running on uh, fumes a bit at the moment with content, aren't we? Well, so we are, we, we are. Might have to, uh, we might have to engineer something like that. Yeah, we might have to. Um, we have to... We're going to try and keep things as positive as possible, yep. uh, despite the fact that there's a lot of rage out there, and I think everyone's just buggered off. Yeah. They don't care anymore, do they? Um you know, there's not the Twitter interaction there was, apart from the gnashing of teeth, the wailing, and the sack Marvin uh, shouts. Mm. Um, let, let's talk about that straight away before we get to the Denver game. Um, Marvin cuts a forlorn, tired figure and quite uh, chippy figure in press conferences at the moment. Um, now, he said in the last one, he chuckled a little bit when uh, 
our old chum, Paul Dana Jr., asked him whether he was fear, feared for his job. Mm. And he chuckled a little bit and he said, well, that's the least of my worries. And that really got a lot of people's backs up. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. almost like, wow, you don't care. I think he does care. I think he does. and I, think, I don't think he oh, does really? either way. Because I just think... He kind of knows he's probably done at the end of the season or the season after. It's not he's not a young coach like a uh, Mike, not even young, but like Mike McCarthy is probably really upset he's lost uh, lost his job. You know he's got a good job there at Green Bay, lost his job. He's probably gutted about it, or like a Hugh Jackson type even that's like taking his first coaching job desperately wants to keep hold of it for future potential. I think Marvin's a bit like you know coming to the end of his career. I think for him, it's like, all I want to do is focus on winning games. I'm not that bothered. If I get sacked, I'm sacked. I'm probably going to throw the towel in anyway. And that's never a particularly good mentality to have for your head coach. But I think he does care. He has to care, right? Yeah. You have to believe he cares. But I think Mo, Mo Egger wrote a really good piece. Another old chum of ours. Chum. Um, he wrote a piece that this kind of, these past couple of years are starting to erode any goodwill and his yeah. legacy that he set up and I kind of agree with that no I do agree as well no, I think a lot of people Which is a, shame. a bad taste in their mouth in the end he probably stuck around two or three years longer than he should I think should maybe have that... gone after the Pittsburgh game maybe yeah potentially and that would have been a hard way to send him off because that year we were excellent and but it wasn't... we did have a good team though so you can understand him saying that we lost actually Dalton that let's year. go again you yeah. know, let's go again we're going to get Dalton back yeah. we've got the kind of same tip but they've made some catastrophic personnel decisions yeah looking at you big said looking at you jake fisher yeah yeah um and it's just kind of gone hasn't it it's gone south ever it's, since someone who's got to take a bit of flack is duke tobin because at the start he was getting a lot of good plaudits you know people saying oh he's doing a great job with the draft and stuff but you do start to look at the last couple of classes and there's not so there's some good picks in there but like the draft you were referring to there you know the jake fisher and said Abwehi. i mean away he might be one of the worst picks we've ever made in the first yeah. round you know a lot of people you know thought very highly of him and he's really not produced anything and I mean I think almost certainly this will be his last year and potentially Jake Fisher's on the team yeah absolutely and I think I think when you're a draft first team like the Bengals yeah it's very hard just to keep rebuilding teams through yeah, the draft because definitely. it's it's cyclical you know what I mean yeah, yeah, you're yeah. kind of governed by the by what's out there yep um, so they did a great job in building two, you know, championship-worthy teams in 05 and uh, 2015. Yeah. Um, but if you get a draft wrong, when you're a draft-first team, yeah, you're yeah. in trouble yeah. for another five years, I'd say. And and I think that's coming to fruition right now. Mm. You know, the depth was, was always questionable, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and that has been sorely exposed. This, I mean... We've had catastrophic injuries. Yeah, true. And I still true. maintain that's 80% of the problem. I still 80. Still, I mean, when AJ Green goes out. Yeah, no, I agree. We would be a completely different team with I for AJ Green and Dalton out there on offense. 100%. And even um, with, uh, what's his name, uh, Cordy Glenn. Yeah. You know, you put the four of them back in that team, I think you're running a top half offense. Yeah, no, I agree. And what do we know? You know well, we got bottom, to be like bottom 25, five. 30, I reckon. We're certainly yeah. still a bottom five defence, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Kyle Lawson's gone. Ryan Glasgow's out. I yeah. know he's not like a marquee player, but he does do a lot of heavy lifting on that line. Yeah. 
Uh, I've, I've got some sympathy, you know, and this is so polar what I said last season about Bill Lazor, but I have some sympathy for him this year. A lot of people criticise his play calling and they don't think he's used John Ross correctly, which might be true. And then we don't run the ball enough, we don't give enough touches to Gio and Mixon. But I think he's been far more hamstrung than um, than the defence has been. I mean, the defence, like yeah. you're saying, Carl Lawson's a big loss, you know, he's a good player, but... Apart from that, you know, Berthick was out for a bit, Nick Vigil. I think the offense has had far more problems, especially at the moment. I mean, at the moment, it's really a championship level, you know, second division level offense with Jeff Driscoll and, you know, no Tyler Eifert, no Tyler Croft. You know, Uzama's out there as your marquee tight yeah, end. Yeah. And, Jake you know, Lengel is out Jake there. Lengel, what, what, what's Matt, Matt Lengel. And, sorry, yeah, Jake, whatever, Matt, yeah. whoever. <laughs> See, I can't even know, remember the names. And, and you've got your all Cody Cores, your Auden Tates of the world strutting out there, Josh Malone's and... Well, he's not out there at the moment, is he? No, not true. Yeah, but that, that's that's when you know you got a real bit of sympathy, and for someone like Bill Lazor, you know, it's difficult to make fire out of two rocks. Oh, well, that's a phrase, Nathan. <laughs> You're learning this broadcasting. <laughs> we'll say that again. Difficult to make fire out of two rocks. Well, I was or two turds in this. Uh, <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. In this uh, <clears throat> sense. But yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I know that you had some strong words about John Ross after the game. But uh, no, 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 let's, before we get to that, I do think Marvin, just people are sick of it. They're yeah, just... and I, I've said this before, is his attitude, like you alluded to it. It's just, you want to see him come out with a bit of fire in his belly. You want to see him come out and maybe call a few players out and like feel like he's in the room, like giving it a right tongue lashing, throwing the Gatorade thing against the wall. You know what I mean? Like really losing <laughs> Like with see that. That was so I think I think the players might like it because yeah, right. at the moment you just feel like he's your dad at the football where you could go out there and play dreadfully and you go oh well done son I love you and get you in the car and take you to McDonald's whereas what you want is sometimes you need a bit of fire up your ass. do you know what I mean I, I have that car every day pretty much <laughs> thankfully but uh, that's just the beef and tomato pot noodles I tend to eat um, yeah I yeah I agree but I, I think more so for me it's the uh, the repetition of bad behaviour. And when I say yeah. bad, I mean on field. It's yep. the game planning. It's the, you know, the game management, the clock management. We never quite, never, nothing. You know, all these things are repeated year on and year out. And I, I do think, as we said last week, you know, people are excited um, by the fact that something new might, or someone new might be in there. Yeah. Now, knowing the Bengals, it'll be Hugh Jackson because it's an easy hire. But I think that'd be honestly a shocking decision. I think. I think. Well, you look at the crowds first of all. That's what I mean. Purely you, for that as you well. You can see that this team is not doing the business in terms of attracting people Absolutely. to games. Absolutely. Um, and it's a bit. It's gone a bit Arsene Wenger at Arsenal. I think. Yeah. I know what you mean. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, yeah. He's, Arsene Wenger obviously won things, was around for a long, long time, then lost the crowd. People call him out. It got quite bitter towards yeah, him, didn't it? Yeah. So I think it's worse than the Arsene Wenger situation. Yeah, I think so. I, mean, I think that it, you know Arsene Wenger probably had about 15, 20% of people still at the end saying, you know, I'm still pro Arsene Wenger. Or, even if they weren't pro him, they had a lot of respect for him. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of fans now, like you just said a minute ago, and I completely agree, that respect element has started to wither a little bit and I think Moeg well, is for a, right I think a lot of it has gone actually for a lot of fans yeah. now it's still there for me you know because yeah, I respect agree. I agree but as I say I, I just think the injury has been horrific some of the coaching highs have been really good but some of the coaching highs have been really disastrous some of the on-field 
behavioural patterns are being repeated year in, year out, which says to me, that's Marvin. Yeah. You know, that really is. He's got to take responsibility, isn't he? Yeah, he has. And he's he just keeps repeating behaviour, you mm. know. Um you know, but there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of anger. You know, I think Andrew Whitworth put out a tweet. Yeah, that was really interesting. That, that was. Um, it was on a podcast, wasn't it? That he basically came out and said that um, when he was out of contract at 35, three or four teams offered him a deal that all was within the same ballpark. He picked the Rams. Yeah, and then the Bengals were sort of significantly lower than any of the teams offered, which is. I think it was Rebecca Toback came out and said it the other day on Twitter. She was like, the Bengals made a lot of bad decisions yeah. um, over the past three or four years, none bigger than that. And I couldn't echo that thought anymore. Yeah, I think so. And But the trouble is, everyone's like super sensitive at the moment. So that, that felt like a veiled dig at, yeah. at the Bengals, you know. And, yeah, yeah, um, true. Then again, you can come out and say, well, Whitworth was kind of at the end of his career. They're planning for, the, for these new high draft picks everything you know the plan was in place and the plan was fairly sound like we've said before except for a couple of things one a boy and Fisher are absolutely (laughs) dog (laughs) and two uh, Whitworth was still playing at an all pro level (laughs) they're the only two problems (laughs) apart from that the plan was probably one of the better plans I've ever seen (laughs) Um, foolproof really foolproof yeah apart from those two things um See, we're having a laugh, Nathan. Yeah, I know. F***ing hell. It, well, I'll yeah. that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, lots of people calling for Joe Mixon to have 900 touches a game, uh, yeah. which I sympathise with, but I also kind of sympathise with what Marvin's saying. You can't kind of force the ball, yeah? but then again, you have to, especially with our offensive line, you can't just keep running because they're going to... You know, off the that, left-hand side. And Mixon's played well these past... Yeah, in fact, the whole season, I have to say, he's played well. Yeah, I I, I, I would lead on the fact... I mean, I, you know how I feel about Mixon. I, I think he's played well in the last couple of weeks. And I think, to be fair to him, I think he's a little bit immature, but I think he's looked excited. And he's yeah. one of the players that's had yeah. energy, that's wanted to play well. And he's running behind a garbage offensive line. Well, that's he it. He really is. And, and the best runs come off the, the left-hand yeah. side behind. This week, it was Clint Bowling and Trey Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, in previous weeks, it's, it's Cordy Glenn and, and yeah. Clint Bowling. But trouble is, if you do that, teams are going to stack the box. And, and they, especially if Driscoll's a quarterback, they're going to say, do you know what? you've lost AJ Green. They're going to put eight in the box and just and say, just go on then. We're just going to say, go yeah. on then. You know, if you want to have a crack downfield, <laughs> you know. Yeah, be we, our guest. Be yeah. our guest, you know, because we know that you're not, you know, you're going to make some questionable decisions, which Driscoll did this week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would like to see uh, uh, Mixon get more carries. I would like to say... Uh, to say, we, again, we've said it before. I, what has happened to Gio Bernard in the game plan? Joe, I mean, Joe Goodbury came out the other day and he um, he made a really it was an interesting statistic about how many touches Gio's getting per game. Yeah, and he was saying after that he was saying along the lines of you know why are they not just utilising Gio and Mixon in the passing game because yeah. they are two weapons. I mean, when they get the ball in their hands, they're exciting. They make very exciting. Happen. They make things happen, and you can't really say the same about you know your Cody Cores and about your Josh Malones and about your Alden Tates. So it's like get them involved, stack them. You stack them up. Be creative. You know, get the ball in those guys' hands because yeah. they're more likely to make something happen. Get a bit of separation. You can use them differently. I think that's the one thing we've lacked massively, and you see other teams do it. You know, running backs. Like you know, Kamara. the way that the yeah, Alvin Kamara, absolutely. I mean, the way the Chiefs used um, the man that will not be named. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, you know, that was the way that. He's got an excellent name, Kareem Hunt, isn't he? <laughs> it rhymes with something. 
and uh, I'm not quite sure what actually, but it seems quite apt in this uh, yeah, in this situation. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I also noticed that they're you know they're using Ross in motion, and also that again. If, you, they, if teams are going to plug the box, then John Ross should be coming into his element here, or well, at true. least... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he can stretch teams with his pace. So if people are... Or teams say... Teams are saying, come on then, have a go downfield. Yeah, yeah. Then you See, send Ross as... You just say run. Just run as quick as you can. Yeah. Down the field. Post stretch route. him out. And then there should be some nice little spaces over the middle. Yeah. For um, Alan Lengel. <laughs> Keith Lengel, <laughs> Keith Graham Lengel, <laughs> whatever the hell his name is. Um, Poor geezer. I know, no. Matt Lengel, isn't it? Yeah, Matt Lengel. Yeah, yeah. Um, Graham Lengel. <laughs> I think he runs anyway. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you're po- actually no. Let's break for a little while. We're going to have some. I decided to got an advertise paid advertisement. No, out. afraid not. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's the Keep Marvin Lewis Foundation. Uh, they're paying us. This no, they're not. Well, uh, sorry, Florence, but uh, yes, but you know, I might, I might sprinkle a bit of easy listening later on in the show. We might know? have to if we lose the next four games. Well, exactly right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you want to continue the conversation about John Ross? I mean, you made the argument on Twitter that. Um, He's not producing nearly enough for a first-round pick. I, I think with John Ross, there's, I don't doubt one second his potential. I do think that obviously he's quick. Obviously, he can be explosive. He produced at Washington. He's shown flashes, and I think he could be a good player. I really hope he can be a good player, but... For me, it's frustrating because you sat there and, you know, AJ Green's gone out. He's missed the last couple of games. John Ross, you know, Touchwood has been healthy for the past sort of six weeks. Yeah. He's been involved in the game plans. And if you look at his production this year, he's got less than 200 yards receiving. Yeah. I know he's been involved in the, the red zone. He scored some touchdowns, which is fantastic. So he's definitely had more value than his yards would dictate. But... It's still, you know, you look at the other guys that were drafted in the top 10 along with him that year. You've got Corey Davis, who I think for the Titans had a terrible first year, but has really come into his own this year um, in their passing attack. And Mike Williams, is it of the uh, Chargers, who's been killing it for them. So I think for Ross, you know, to only have 180 yards, granted the offense has struggled this year, the offensive line, etc., etc. But... You'd like to see him in a game against the Broncos with Chris Harris, their main cornerback, out for the entire game. AJ Green out. Ross is going to get a lot of snaps. You'd really like him to come up with more than two catches for 13 yards. I agree, but I think the argument is... Or the counter-argument, rather. And I kind of do agree. You want him to... But I just don't think the team trusts him still. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Because he's not being targeted. Yeah, I think you're right. The players being called are not featuring him. Yeah, so why is that? You know, I think now, you know, it's pretty obvious, barring an absolute miracle. Yes, mathematically, we can make it. Imagine if we made it. It would be the most ridiculous thing in the world, I if think. If we made it and then won the Super Bowl, I, I don't even know. Well, I went on a... That would uh, be funny. It's a thousand to one with the bookies. Well, I, I went on a, a Browns podcast and he asked me, this guy, whose name was Paul Brown, bizarrely. Really? Yeah, when I got the call, right, when I got an email from Paul Brown asking me to be on his podcast, I thought it was like some most haunted from beyond the grave sort of thing, you know. So how could I refuse? So this, this guy, Paul Brown, who obviously dines out on that name 
quite a lot being a Browns fan. Um, and that's pretty much his calling card. And he's, but he's a really nice guy, and he does a yeah, lot yeah. of stuff for 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 not for the Browns, but for the Browns fan base over here. Yeah. Um, he asked me what I would do as a forfeit if the Bengals got to the Super Bowl, <laughs> and I said I would strip off naked, paint myself in tiger stripes, and go and sit next to the tiger uh, cage or whatever sanctuary <laughs> at London Zoo. <laughs> Uh, so that's what I'll do if they get to the well, Super Bowl. I'll join I think you, mate, I'm fairly I... safe in that. Yeah, in that I think you're fairly safe. Post, as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think you know, it's pretty. Why not in the remaining games just go, you know, shot to nothing? Yeah. Let, let's let's target John Ross. Let's give him some valuable snaps. Let's let's be afraid not to fail. Yeah. Let's experiment. Let's get something going. Let's get some energy. Let's get some excitement because there's really nothing there. Joe's you know frustrating is talking about the Super Bowl and talking about the playoffs and that, you know, the postseason. Pittsburgh are not playing well at the moment. They've dropped their last two games. And they st- have they still got to play the Saints? They've got to play the Saints. And they've the got Patriots. to play the Patriots. And they've got to play us. So, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah exactly. no. But, I mean, if we were involved going down the stretch, if we had an extra two wins right now, and we instead of being at five and six, we're at seven and four. That's right, isn't it? <laughs> say that again. So I lost you on that. So if we if we had two more wins under our belts, so yes. say we'd managed to turn the Browns over and we'd managed to turn over the Broncos this yeah. week. So instead of being five and six, we're seven and four. Right, yeah. We'd be there. I yeah. mean, we'd be in such a good position, and it's only two wins. I mean, it's not you know if we'd just beaten Denver, that Baltimore game was bloody close, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the Pittsburgh game at the start of the year. I mean, that would be huge. But yeah, you know, we'd be in such a good position, and it's frustrating because I don't, I think whoever wins that AFC North will only win nine games. It's you not. Know, I the, wouldn't disagree the, with you, which is so frustrating because if Pittsburgh were you know rolled out twelve and four, and you just thought well, we, yeah, we you hold five your games up. back, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're miles out of it, but. They're not that good. They weren't good at the start of the season. They had a good middle of the season. They had a they really good middle. Dip a little bit now. And they're really John Connor's out this week. He's got a leg injury, so they're running a bit thin there. Yeah. You know, Le'Veon Bell obviously's held out. He's not playing from this year. So they're not as strong as you think. Here's a here's a here's a thing. How about Le'Veon Bell to Kansas next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be outrageous, wouldn't it? I can see him at the Dolphins, Le'Veon Bell. Really, just because he's got, of his... I'm sure he's be like he was down in Miami, wouldn't he, in this holdout? And yeah. their best option, I think, is Kenyon Drake, and they always like a bit of money down there in Miami. Don't yeah, they, they don't mind spending on a free agent. That's right. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah. who cares, frankly? Le'Veon but... Bell at the Bengals, him, Joe Mixon, and Giovanni Bernard. Imagine they that. Go for that, they won't go for that. No, of course they wouldn't. But him and Perfect on the same team, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, if indeed Perfect. Yeah. Tell you what, what's the likelihood of them swapping teams? Perfect being shipped out by the Bengals, yeah, signed up by the Steelers because he fits that sort of nasty playing on the yeah. edge. Kind and he'd of. probably be a Pro Bowl player for them. <laughs> who yeah. knows? Who knows? And then uh, Le'Veon Bell on our team. Mm. Not going to happen, really, because we've got Mixon. He's better. Anyway, <laughs> right. Um, choo-choo. Can I hear the Mixon train? I think I can. And I'm climbing aboard. Nathan, are you coming with me? I, I, I'm I, still looking at it. I'm okay. still like, mulling over it. I'm, I'm, I don't still... want another season. <laughs> I want to see him behind a good offensive line, getting 20 carries, 25 carries a game, and really see what he's got in his locker. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I do feel bad for him. I think when you're running behind Sedabwehi and... You know, you Trey Hopkins of the world and Billy Price is a rookie. It's tough. You know, it's really mm. tough. And you've got Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. I I really sympathise with him. 
Because um, Gio Bernard, I really rate Gio, and I just think he's barely had any opportunities either. I know he's been injured, but he's been. He's, he, I, see, I think you know, I do sympathise with that argument that you know, you can only run the ball a if you've got a really good offensive line, and b if you game plan for it. Um, and you know, the game situation calls for it as well because look, when you're down, well, that's why that's another good point. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. that's why we're not running the ball because yeah, we're yeah. kind of often behind by we're two down scores. by eighty. In the quarter, <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do sympathise with Marvin's counter argument there, but you know, obviously, I'd like to see Mixon get thirty touches a game. Yeah, I'd like to see Geo get ten to fifteen touches, quality touches yeah. a game. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I do think Geo in particular is being underused for for what kind of player he is. Yeah. Uh, so that would be my criticism of Laser, but I, I agree. I think he's a bit hamstrung this year with all the injuries and you know all the rest of it. Question for you. I, you Question. Know, we talked about. You want to be Beyonce? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we talked a bit about um, Marvin Lewis, obviously. Yes. Work on the basis that Lewis goes because yes. I know Ian Rappaport came out and he said. Well, that to me was the most. Sorry to interrupt. That was the most interesting thing that came yeah. out of Sunday. The report just before the game that Marvin, we all thought he'd signed a two-year extension. Yeah. But in fact, he'd only signed. A but in fact. One, but in fact, <laughs> we'd we'd he'd only signed a one-year extension with a one-year option on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Now then, that is that. Get out of jail card there, isn't it, for Mike Brown? Um. <laughs> sorry, I've just seen someone's. Uh, we've got some correspondence coming, and and as as ever. We knew that we could rely on you guys to 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 kind of judge things up a little to bit, lower the tone, to, well, and lower the tone. So that's to come in a moment. But yeah, what was your so yeah? The the, the point is that to me that was really that's almost like yeah, you know wow, yeah, that's yeah. really significant. So I think on January the first or second, straight after the Pittsburgh game, uh, I think we're going to be on Marvin watch. To be honest with you, well, I I think and I know we thought this last year, didn't we? And it's un, it's unfathomable really that he managed to come back. But say he goes because yeah. I think we're pretty much. I would say it's eighty to ninety percent. I'd be stunned again if he came back. Yeah, work on the base he's gone. What on earth happens in terms of the offensive and defensive coordinators? Well, who knows? People are bringing. I think you've got a clean house. Well, this is, this would be the perfect. Outside. I know uh, Mickey B and Troy and Katie don't like blowing things up. They're conservative people. The, the idea of change absolutely terrifies them. Yeah. Um, but this is the perfect opportunity to blow things up completely. It is because you've not even got a, a defensive coordinator at the moment, have you? There's not even one on the team. So it's like you've got to really go out and get someone what, for that. What, what about Bill Laser? Off a uh, defensive. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, got a defensive coordinator. Well, who so. knows? Who knows? I mean, there was a bunch of names that people suggested yeah, when, yeah. Um, when you know, before Marvin announced that he was going to take things over. And to be fair, I think he's tightened things up a little bit. Yeah. You know, they looked better in that game against Denver. Yeah. Do you know what? Let's not go through the, through the Denver game. It's just too pointless, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, people know it. The ke- penalties were ridiculous. Do you know the word I use, and I shout in it, the old game, sloppy. Yeah. There was some decent football in there. I mean, they forced that fumble at a key time, and it's, oh, yeah, we get something out of this. Then there was the pick, and then, you know, we got the ball back. We were better on defence. You think, right, go on, then Alex Eriksson, you know, like the muffed punt. The penalties, it was just sloppy football, innit? And it that's really what you felt can... like a team that was on the, you know, that had lost their last five or six games and that you knew it was over, that had injuries, and you yeah. just 
really felt like the towel was in. Yeah, and it was like, oh, look, there's an Alex Redmond penalty. Oh, yeah. look, there's a Bobby Hart penalty. Yeah. Oh, look, Bobby Hart shouting at Jeff Driscoll, yeah, yeah, a backup yeah. quarterback who's trying his bloody best. Yeah, you yeah. shut your mouth, Bobby Hart. Well, I thought, you know what, to be fair to Bobby Hart, on that play, I thought Von Miller was offside, and I thought right. he was shouting, saying that. I mean, again, you can oh, mitigate know. these arguments by the fact that they were playing against Von Miller, future Hall of Famer, yeah, and, Miller, and uh, right. old Chubbers, who... Who may become a Hall He's of Famer? Good, He's, you know, both of yeah, them yeah. are, you know, they're, they're the most productive outside rushing duo in the NFL. So, apart from us, obviously. Apart from us, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just how. And also, I went out for a, I went out for a cigarello and um, a slice of toast. And when I came back, it was like third and thirty nine. Yeah, and it was like, what? How? First of all, how can you do that? It was like a and, sack and two holes. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I mean, shocking, wasn't it? So you know, when you've got a backup quarterback playing in his first NFL start, you want to want to help him as much as possible, right? That that's like, that's kind of you know play school stuff, right? Yeah. And what do we do? We didn't help him at all. We just kept yeah, putting yeah, him in holes and holes. And yeah, you know, Driscoll. I thought Driscoll was okay actually. Yeah. No I blame. Did, yeah, you yeah. know, he, he made a few nice throws. He made one awful decision on the interception, but really. What did we expect? You know, First that's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? First start, playing without AJ Green, playing, you know, in a, with a, behind a pretty, pretty awful offensive line. I think Driscoll is going to be a bright spot because I think at the very least you can sit there and at the start of the season we were all saying, God, you know, bloody hell, we're going to go and with Matt Barkley as the backup and, you know, none of us particularly rated him. And then when they gave it to Driscoll, we were all sat there thinking, well, he's madly untested. I hope he's all right. Yeah. And I think he has actually come out there and he was competent enough in that game and in the last game to sit there next season and say, well, at least we've got a backup quarterback on our hands. 100%. But, you know, you know, what happens with the starting quarterback? That's another question for the end of the season, I think. Yeah, a lot of yeah, people yeah. want to see, you know, this whole idea of blowing the thing up. They want to get, you know, James, you know, last week's guest, James Rapine, wants AJ to be traded. Well, that's probably not true, actually. But he sees value in an AJ trade, for instance, if we're rebuilding from scratch. Um you know, get rid of Dalton, get rid of Lewis, get rid of pretty much everyone. I mean, it's never going to happen, is it? But you'd be, you'd be a three-year building project. Yeah, you'd I agree. suffer through like two awful, like two and fourteen seasons. Well, you know, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, the potential is there. The time is now, I think, to blow it up, especially if Marvin goes. Um, I think certainly from behind the scenes standpoint. I mean, I still think there's enough talent, and we will talk about this at the end of the season. I think there's enough talent either side of the ball to build around it. On defense, you got Atkins, Dunlap, who are signed up to extensions. You got William Jackson, who's a very good player, and you got Jesse Bates. I think there's, there's a four, core there. There's, there's a four core players there. on that defense that you can Carl sit Lawson. there and yeah, Carl Lawson as well is probably a fifth. So Glasgow. I mean, it's about Glasgow. I think that's where you start to talk about players that are more depth but I think probably just about Kyle Lawson gets in there so you've got five good players on defence that you'd hope well you'd, you'd hope maybe Denard as well yeah maybe but on offence I think you're probably just looking at AJ Green mix and arguably Tyler Boyd He's Boyd yeah you, sorry yeah definitely Boyd Boyd AJ Green Arguably Mixon, arguably Dalton I see I, I, yeah I mean I, I you think have I'd to build have around your quarterback there. do you know what I mean okay so we're not going to talk about the Denver game now, but there is the potential to blow things up, and that's to me that's quite exciting. It's not fearful; it's actually quite exciting, and it could like excite the Bengals fan base. With that's know, what you need to do as well. You got it's really sad. Get the, people on board. Attendance was at like forty three thousand at that Denver game. A bit slightly lower, I think. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of them was Scott Gibb. Well, yeah, <laughs> and his missus. That's and two his, of them. Well, exactly. Yeah, um, Scott. If you're listening, Scott Gibb. 
by the way, from Aberdeen uh, and lives in Edinburgh. Uh, pretty much has just come back from a mega trip to Cincinnati and uh, every time he sees a Bengals game, pretty much they lose. So, Scott, if you're listening... He's 0-5-1, isn't he? <laughs> something like that. He's got the worst. Um, anyway, time for some more light listening, I think. It's Fanny Fanana and Carry My Bags Home. Uh, we're obviously doing a, an advent calendar on our Twitter and yeah, Facebook feeds at the moment where we're, we're um, showcasing a Bengals fan every day. Are you so, Christmas Day, Paul? I don't know yet. I'm I not sure. I think you've got to be Christmas Day. You think so? Revealing all on Christmas <laughs> Day. <laughs> that, that's what the fans want to see. It's not Babe Station. I think that's what the, the fans are suffering at the minute, Paul. You're trying to play them like dodgy music. You know, they ain't won a game in a long time. They need you to bear all on Christmas Day. You were teasing them last week about your house, mate. And now they want more. They want a the whole shebang. They want to see. They want to see it all. The mate. pig in blanket. They want to see. That's exactly what they want to see. At this point in the season, mate. I think you just got to like. Okay, if, no, please tweet us if you want to see Paul bear it all. Paul Bear It All, that's a good hashtag, <laughs> on Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, I don't like this at all. Or, conversely, if you don't, which I think you probably don't, um, then don't do anything. <laughs> don't say anything. Don't make me do that. Um, right, I am going to read out some... I mean, literally, we started recording this about 35 minutes ago, and I put out a message saying that we're recording right now. And as ever, you assemble bangle, bang, bangles... Bengals fans, Bengals fans, assemble. All right, let's go suit and correspondence. Gary Proctor, at Gary Proctor 5. So impressive on the penalties this week. Have you ever seen third and 39 before? Nope. Um, Aurelius, now Aurelius, um, Aurelius, at Aurelius 13, is uh, is going for it here. Um, he's lost his nut already. He has. He's, he's, I don't know what he's, he's doing. He's gone full-on nut mode here. He has. Um, it's sad because all the good Marv has done has been overshadowed by him staying on too long. I feel we're much closer to where we were when he started than to what we were in 2015. We still have a good core, but this roster is criminally underutilised. And he goes on. He doesn't stop there. He just doesn't stop. Just doesn't stop, basically. Harvey Dent said it best. Die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. (laughs) Ooh. That's that's a philosophical quote on Cincinnati. He doesn't stop there either. (laughs) Um, Now I fear Hugh will become our head coach, as we all do. I'm as die-hard as they come, but if that what happened, I honestly question how much longer I can root for this team. I can take losing, and he carries on. But at <laughs> this still point, typing now. This I game. know, <laughs> but at this point, it's basically self-sabotage. I spend time and money on this team, and all I ask for <laughs> is a competence, which seems a galaxy away. Literally, pains don't do it, Aurelius. <laughs> Save yourself. Literally pains me to think this much. Let's say it in a public forum, Baba. And then my end of my wits end. Here is my path to getting on track. And he carries on. Okay, where is it? Oh, it's gone because then loads of other people have tweeted as well. Um, He he has, to be fair, this is it. Uh, Lots of people uh, rant and rave, which is all good fun. They get the emotions out. And that's what Twitter's for. People get very don't they uh, but uh, without actually coming up with any solutions so he's got solutions for he's us, got so, he? the, the lad's got solutions and I, I thank Aurelius for that how to fix the Bengals 
One, fire every coach and coordinator. <laughs> right. Number two, hire Eric Bienemy, who's the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. Yeah. And also an ex-Cincinnati player. Ooh. It's not, you know, not out of the... Ooh. Draft Dwayne Haskins. Not sure where he is. I'll have to look him up. Uh, let him sit behind... Oh, it must be a quarterback. Let him sit behind Andy for one year. Sign a legit LB in free agency. Yeah, I agree with that. Trade Andy in 2020. For who? Who's, who's giving up what for him? Yeah, you know I mean... He'll probably get second or third round. Probably third round or something I like that. I if you would. I reckon third. Who's going to give him up for him, though? We'll have a chat about it another time. Someone who needs a quarterback, I guess. Yeah, but like an ageing, average quarterback, you'd have to be desperate to give well, up. Well, if he's head coach elsewhere, he'll give us a first for Andy Dalton, definitely. <laughs> true, yeah, true. Um, I think you may be doing And Jay if, Gruden as well, if he's still coached somewhere. If, if you, know. you were coaching a team midway through the season before the trade deadline and your starter went down and you think you could win the Super Bowl, then someone but might. Andy Dalton is a more than competent quarterback. He is, but you, you're not going to build a. No team's going to try and build a no. franchise around him. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, I think he does have value anyway uh, so trade Andy in, in 2020 having an elite talent QB on a rookie contract is optimal that's Aurelius's way to fix the Bengals I think there's a Aurelius. bit more to go but there, there's you know there's... get his CV into Paul Brown Stadium that's right that's right uh, Memphis Soul Stewart Stuart Baird 688 hello Stu unforced errors destroyed us on Sunday over a hundred yards of penalties drop catches more injuries and an awful O-line. This season is gone. Watch us beat the Chargers on Sunday. <laughs> well, you know what? It is it is sport. There's two teams out there. Yeah, you, never um, know, yeah. you just never know. But, you know, goodness me, it's it's asking a lot because the Chargers look really good at the moment. Yeah. And they I haven't mean, even, like, Melvin Gordon's not even playing, is he? No, I know. I mean, you know what's interesting I thought about is the penalty flags on the punt returns this season. So many times on kick and punt returns, Alex Erickson gets in good position. Yeah. There's that illegal block in the back on the return team. Yeah. And you end up sitting there thinking to yourself, for God's sake, like, and it wipes out. Like, I mean, it might only be like a 10 yard penalty in the book, but it ends up wiping out like 30, 40 yards of field position on yeah, some occasions. Absolutely, absolutely. Jamie at Traquart Bista is Nathan the Gecko from the Geico advert. <laughs> I do like Would that. Would you like to comment on that, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, that's fair Are you enough. Moonlighting. Actually, I do love the Geico adverts. Yeah. That little lizard. Is he a lizard or chameleon? Well, a lizard. A chameleon is a lizard, I think. Is he? Yeah. Well, from the lizard family. It's from the reptile family. I think you could do that. I think you should. All right, no. mate. You want to save fifteen percent in your car insurance? <laughs> See, we could make pretend Geico adverts on this podcast, I think. Uh, so the, the answer is probably no, but I think Nathan would make a very good I'll take that. Uh, Geico. I'll take that. More questions from Jamie. Should we ban Scott from Bengals games? Yes. That's Scott Gibb. Definitely. And why the f*** isn't Tate or Jefferson playing? Well, I agree. I thought it was like criminal to um, not put Alden Tate in there. I was a criminal. Yeah, well, get I thought he looked... I, th- I mean, just... The way yeah. he can, he's a brilliant. Anyway, yes, we've sort of discussed that. Duncan Yeadon at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. Can we talk about something else other than the Bengals on this episode? What's on everybody's Christmas list? I've asked for some Victor Rolf Spice Bomb. 
<laughs> solid <laughs> fair hashtag enough. solid fragrance yeah fair enough fair i don't enough. what the hell is that i've heard of it i don't know if it's any good victor rolf well, you, did you uh give duncan a sniff when you were in sheffield <laughs> see what he's smelling like i didn't actually he did walk past <laughs> uh is there any whiff of a spice bomb? well the only thing i i smelt was pie and chips but i think yeah. that was uh jamie's pie and chips uh next next to duncan but um no, I, I think I, he did give me a hug at the end of the night. He smelled quite fragrant, I think. I'd like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, Duncan, next time we meet, give me a big hug and I want to smell your spice bomb. <laughs> okay. Jamie has answered Duncan's question Woof. and said he wants a nice big coat and a toaster for Christmas. I need a coat, you know. Um, and then they have a bit of a discussion about toasters. <laughs> so, you know, we're open to all sorts here. In fact, it, it's still carrying on. Uh, Giant of Christmas, some Ryanair vouchers, mate. I love it. Cheap flights. So I'm just reading this toaster discussion. <laughs> uh, wow. Yes, there's a whole discussion about the merits of toasters. If you on cut our mi- feed. midway through this, if you'd said at the start of the season, that mid, like towards the end of the season, we'd be talking about toasters on Twitter. That's how far it's a, come, that isn't it? That's how bad, bad the team yeah. where we'd have been. That's <laughs> how bad the team is, I think. Um, so um, we're playing the Chargers this week. There's no hope there. We should be back <laughs> next Monday, I believe. Is that right? We're back yes, next Monday. Yes, next Monday. Yeah. For more fun times, but yeah, uh, just to we've we've had some meetups this year. We've had a really good time. As you know, as the team nosedives, as fans, I think in the UK we've had a really good time. Um, obviously, the podcast has been brilliant fun. Yeah. We can't thank you enough for contributing and uh, corresponding with us. Um, but also, you know, we've had a couple of really great meetups this year. Um, We've increased followers, and that's still going on. So let's keep it going. I mean, obviously the team is, as I say, the team is is uh, not doing great. But uh, Bengals UK, ah, oh, so, uh, do you so know, there we go. Do you know what I'd like to do, Paul, at the end of this season, which I think would be a good bit of content for us. It'd be good fun for the fans. Mm. Is we both put together a master plan each of how to fix the Bengals. We come in here with a nice, you know, plastic wallet. A4 bit of paper stapled, right. right? And we read out our plan, and the fans have to vote on which plan they go with. Okay, it's like The Apprentice. Yeah, it is. And then the fans will put out one of those really fancy Twitter polls, right. and we say, whose plan would you go for having okay. listened to the pod? And I like you get, it. You get, how, how long is enough time to present to the fans? Five minutes? Yeah, that's quite a long time. It's it's got to be a detailed plan. So, like, we're we're getting rid of this, we're doing that. And it's got to be realistic. It can't be like we're going to go out and trade for Aaron Rodgers and, like, do you know what I mean? It's got to be be the way Rodgers is playing this year. True, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Mike McCarthy to the Bengals? No. No. Okay. That's that's what that one's discussed. So, uh, yes, our plan of action uh, towards Christmas is that we're going to be. Recording next Monday night after the uh, Chargers game. And then we have a very special Christmas bumper episode the following Monday where there will be a room full of people. There'll be extra special Christmas things. Uh, depending on how the team's doing, because uh, we play the Raiders. If we lose the Raiders, then it really is a hit rock well. bottom. Yeah. Um, Depending on how we, we did against the Raiders, we won't talk much about the Bengals. It'll all be about Christmas and having a few drinks and inviting some friends along and a few surprises. So watch out for that. 
In the meantime, it's time to say goodbye. So thank you very much for your company. Thanks for listening. I hope it wasn't too depressing. Uh, I will be playing uh, Jamie's requested song to uh, the right at the end. But uh, for now, it's a who day for me. And a who day for me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.